I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to FP Interviews. In-depth conversations with interesting people. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Football fans, welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast interview. Sharman here, Dunlop's here, Brennan's here, Forrest is here. Uh, two of the biggest names in Canadian football, of course, Forrest and Brennan. Let's add a third, shall we? How's Peshka Salido sound? Yeah, Paul Peshka Salido joins us. Uh, obviously, a, a huge name in Canadian football, an old friend of this show as well. It's not his first rodeo on the old Footy Prime train. Uh, Pesh, welcome back, mate. Um, how's the week been? I say that knowing full well that you rep Sean Deitch. Has it been a little bit of a busy one for you? Um, yeah, it was, it, it was quite a shock, really, because um, usually um, as an agent representing managers, you tend to get a bit of insight before um, the sacking happens, where this was all of a sudden. And it's tough to take when you have someone who's done such a wonderful job at the club for many years, um, on a shoestring budget, and he's sacked. But, um, you know, it's time for him to regroup, and his credibility hasn't really been destroyed because of what he's done, and everybody knows what he's done. So it's a matter of waiting and waiting for the right opportunity to get back in again. How is he actually feeling, Pesci, about the whole thing? I mean, he's, how's he handling it? Well, he's dis- disappointed, as you can imagine. It's a ma- major part of his life. It's been there for ages, uh, but he, he's a positive guy. You know, he'll, he'll go away, probably have a little bit of a break, and then wait and see what the next chapter is. Hey, Pesci, when a manager's at a, at a club for a long time, we saw this with Fergie, we saw it with Arsene Wenger, you're seeing it now with Klopp, Pep, even with, with, with Sean Dyche at Burnley. When you're with a club for a certain amount of time, you get branded as being a certain type of manager. Um, is that unfair for Sean Dyche? Absolutely. You're talking about a team that has had the lowest budget every single season upon season. And usually, if you look at the league table, it's reflected in budgets. So the teams that spend the most are at the top. The teams that spend the lowest get relegated and are at the bottom. Whereas he's managed to maintain a stable Premier League status every season. And I think it's very unfair to label him with this brand of football that might not be for the top teams. But... It ha- he has to work with the tools that he's given. Now, if he was to play Pep Guardiola football with the players that he's allowed to, 
to, to buy, he's not going to have much success, you know. So he has to find a different way to stay up. And one thing I'd say in, in his favor is that he's constantly improved players. You know, he's brought players from League One, League Two. He takes a chance on these players and he improves every single one. And for me, you judge a manager on that, let alone the fact he's been able to keep a mid-table um, position his entire time he's there. So you'd like to think other people see that. And again, there's a, there's a bit of a, a stereotype the way he looks. You know, he's rugged, shaven head. He's got the deep voice. And you tend to get stigmatized. People think he's a bit thug. He's not like Mourinho with the accent that everybody wants to hear. And um, he's got a northern accent. It, it, it's not um, on vogue. So I do feel for him, but I'm hoping that people will overlook that. And it's only a matter of time before we can get him another job. Pesci, when you when you look at at Daichi, um, and obviously I, I played with him, I know he's like he is a leader. He is an absolute leader, and he gets the best out of individuals, like you said. But he's he's had it. I mean, it shocked everybody with him getting getting sacked in the football world. Um, and when you just had to go on Twitter and uh, Facebook, Instagram, and everybody couldn't believe what what yeah. just happened, including Burnley supporters. And when you're yeah. down the bottom, they're the last they're the last people to defend the manager. They want yeah. him gone. Whereas they're all thinking, what are we doing? So And you and you look at his staff with, with Woney, Stoney, um, and Daichi, the work that they've done on a limited budget, they're back against the wall every single season, and they've got results. Do you think now is a time where he might want to take a little bit of time off, or is, does Daichi want to get straight back into it right away? I think when you're in a pressurized situation for that long, it's good to have a break. And just come out of it, regroup, get your thoughts. But that's not how football works. You know, I'm sure if, the, if there's another club tomorrow that comes calling, then it, they will look at it. But I think for his own mental health, it's probably good to just have a bit of time off. Mm. You know, reflect and then maybe start at the beginning of next season. But like I said, that's not down to the manager. You know, if someone comes calling you out. Would he be interested in going abroad? Um, I think at the minute, it's just, uh, just sitting back and reflecting. Um, if the option comes along, who knows? We haven't had that conversation. So we'll just wait and see. But um, I think, like I said, it's just time to reflect. Regroup, perhaps have a little break, and then make that decision when uh, when the time comes. So with a name like, like Sean Dyche, obviously he's well-known in English football, European football even. How does it work eventually? Do you approach clubs now, or do you just sit and wait and stare at your phone and they'll come to you? Um, the company that I work for is called YMU, and it's we have probably the, the most managers throughout Europe, and we have good relationship with boards. And, and we, we tend to get a heads up before a position is going to be um, – available so you know most clubs when they, before they're going to sack a manager they put the feelers out we're we're one of the first um, companies that kind of ring and just get some advice to say have you got anything coming through what's your opinion on this that and the other so that's how it works so you do sit back and you wait to be approached and uh, and see what happens but if need be you know if there was a position that comes up that Daesh would be in, interested in then yeah we, we, we would make those phone calls as well How's his Portuguese, Pesci? Yeah, no, I wouldn't have thought very good. But, um, <laughs> He's working on English still. Like I said, listen, I think ideally most managers want to be in the Premier League. It, it, you know, arguably the best league in the world. I think he's done enough that he warrants 
even a better, you know, a better team than Burnley in the Premier League. So it's just a matter of, it's a waiting game now. Yeah, yeah it, it could be that, you know, there isn't actually that many availabilities th- this summer. You see perhaps no. Watford, but um, beyond that, you maybe you wait until next season when, you know, as the manager cascade happens, see what pops up. Absolutely. Um, actually, modern owners nowadays, right, they don't know much about the sport. I mean, I, I don't know how much you can no. say on that, but that's my perspective. Yeah, they're the ones that decide when to pull the plug on their managers where it used to be the owners were often fans of the game as well. And kind of had a good, good idea of the nuances off the field. Um, is that one area? Do you think where the modern game has taken a step backwards? The owners are businessmen first. Yes. So businessmen first. And not only that, we have a lot of influx of foreigners, uh, Americans, what have you, that they come in and don't really understand what the Premier League is all about. And they don't understand, you know, promotion relegation. Don't, they don't get it. They don't understand the passion that supporters have towards football clubs. And sometimes they make business decisions that perhaps are good for the business, but not good for the football club. And we've seen that on numerous occasions where let's take Everton, for example, they brought in Rafa Benitez. Anyone knows anything about British football, that that was a, it was an own goal. It was, it was, it was destined to fail. He worked for Liverpool. You know, I think even bad Everton in the past, calling them a little club. Supporters don't, don't forgive that. And it's a ridiculous decision to, to hire someone like Benitez, not on his credentials, he's an amazing manager, but you're, li- you're literally giving him maybe two weeks grace. So if he loses two games, he's already on the back foot. And you just, you wonder, you know, how these decisions are made. And um, yeah, the game having such an influx of foreign investors, I think it has taken a bit of a step backwards. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened to Bernie to a certain degree. There has been some foreign investment. And they just don't perhaps don't understand of what he's done for that club. And, um, you know, they could really struggle, you know, not only that, you have a manager who is, has been promoted before. Anyway, you know, ask the lads to get promoted is a certain skill. There's, there's a certain amount of managers that can only do it. And that's why they yeah. keep getting jobs in the championship because they get promoted. There's a knack for it. Sean Dyche has that, you know, he's done it before. And not only has he done it, he's stayed in the Premier League for a year. So, that alone has to, you know, that alone for me, they should have said eight games to go. We need to give this guy yeah. all the tools we possibly can to stay up and um, and leave it at that. So, uh, yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, Pesci, when you when you look at Daichi, he's a he's a dream for the young British players, simply because of the fact he gives them opportunities to play. And I think they've only had a handful of foreign players this year. And when you when you really look into it, I don't think there's another manager that can come in and do the job that Daichi's done and give these young British players as many opportunities as what he's done over the years. No, I agree with you entirely, Jim. He's done an amazing job. And he's given young English players a chance. He's brought kids from League One, League Two. They've come in and done amazing. Uh, The likes of Tarkowski, who he brought, I think he was from Oldham. Um, the boy Pope, you know, was an English international. These guys wouldn't be given these opportunities with with foreign managers because, uh, you know, they won't take a chance. They won't know the lower levels. Um, But he's done an amazing job. And I just can't understand. I I look at it, and the fact they haven't even appointed someone yet worries me because I think if you are going to sack someone like Sean Dyche, you have to have someone in mind, and he needs to be in there quick. they got eight games to save the season. This team gets relegated. They could potentially sit in the championship or below that for years to come. It, it's, it's suicidal. It's crazy. Um, you know, they were talking about Sam Allardyce again, you know, you're going to go from a young British guy who's done amazing work to Sam Allardyce, who has again, the reputation of keeping teams up, which is great, but you know, he's getting on a bit old Sam. And, um, 
The fact they haven't appointed him already tells me that they really don't have a manager in place or one in mind. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think it's crazy. I really do. I think it's absolutely crazy. Um, the job he's done and for them to just to dismiss it with eight games to go for me is just ludicrous. Speaking of British managers, all right, Neil Warnock, after 41 years, retires this, this past week, I think it was. Now, there's so many memories there. And I heard an interview, Pesci, of course, you played for him. Um, he mentioned the 2003 playoff semifinal, um, second leg between Sheffield United and Nottingham Forest. Now, I'm not sure if Jimmy was there at this point. For, I hope he was. We'll, we'll yeah, find. he was. Yeah, he was. Okay, video. he was. <laughs> Listen, up, up yours, Charmin. I went past <laughs> up yours. I know you've done that here. Warnock says, though, that one of his best memories was your winner, Pesci, in extra time and the celebration. I mean, what are your thoughts, your memories of Neil Warnock? I mean, speaking of great characters in, in world football, let alone English football. Yeah, to be honest, I rang him when he retired. I rang him just to say, Gaffer, you know, the game's really going to miss you because he was an amazing character. I loved him. He was what they call Marmite back home. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> you either love him or you absolutely hate him. And I was in the, I was in the, I love him camp. You know, he's just, um, he, he was different. He was different, but he, you know, he spoke his mind and you had to accept that he'd come in at halftime and he would call you every num- name under the sun. He would, he would absolutely rip shreds out of you, but he would never hold a grudge. And he was, like a Jedi, the way in which he could talk to you was almost like a Jedi thing he could do, or he was telling you something horrible. And by the end of it, you're thinking, I've just been dropped. And I went, you're almost saying, thanks, Gaffer. And you just think, I've just been dropped. He just had a way of speaking. He was really, really good. And I absolutely loved him. And I think the game's going to miss him because we're not going to get characters like that yeah. uh, in the future. You know, he was, um, he, he was fantastic. What color hair dye did he use? Because uh, I, I might oh, get a bit God. of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, quite the barn. I used to spend hours. He used to do the blow dry. He had the old blow dry pack. He was really fancied himself <laughs> as well, Warnock. I tell you, the funniest things are his, te- his halftime team chats. You've probably seen one or two of them on um, yeah. on, on YouTube and that. But those those ones, he knew the cameras were there. Those weren't real ones. Like, they're bad. But what he used to do at the end of a game, he'd come in straight straight into the shower and he'd have a debrief. He'd sit in there for a bit and he'd start showering. So he'd strip off and he started lathering up and you could see him getting irate because we've lost the game. And you could hear him going, fuck you now, fucking wankers, bunch of fucking wankers, these lot. And you could hear him going, you're just sitting there and you're not getting changed because you know he's coming in. So he's lathered up Start bollock naked, and he'd dart in the change room, and he'd be go, and he'd start yelling at. Him. He's got the worst physique ever. He's a seventy, eighty year old man. He'd come in there, start bollock naked, and you're trying not to laugh. And he's coming up like in your face, and Patty, you were, you know, you call him a fat bastard, Patty. You could, you know, you can't save nothing. You cost us this. You didn't come for a cross. And then he'd go into to, to, to Phil Jagielka and Jags. You know, you let your man. He'd go, and then he'd go back in the shower. And he, you could still hear him screaming, going, I don't deserve these fucking wankers. I don't deserve them. Like, you're just thinking, oh, my God. And then he would he'd come back out and do it. And it was just his whole shower was, was lathering up, coming back out, digging this out, going back in. It was superb. Wow. But, but like I said, he would call you every night and something. You knew that as soon as you came in on Monday morning, it was gone. It was literally gone. And, he, you know, he wouldn't hold a grudge. Yeah. Hey Pesci, you you, uh, you also know Muhammad Al Fayad very well oh. uh, with Fulham. Uh, I know you had some stories there, and I know Michael Jackson made an appearance uh, uh, at one of your games as well, didn't he not? <laughs> 
Yeah, back back in the day when I um, when I joined Fulham, that was the first time in, in our kind of generation where you actually felt a bit of like a rock star joining Fulham because Fayed took over and he had this plan that he was going to pump loads of money into to get us to the Premier League in five seasons, of which you did in four. Um, but it was like Hollywood, you know. Fulham's a beautiful place in London. It's right on the Thames. You know, all the supporters are quite posh, wealthy. But we used to have the likes of. Michael Jackson come. We had Hugh Grant used to come, Liz Hurley. We'd have top models because Fayed would take him to Harrods. He'd, he'd give him the, the royal tour of Harrods, let them shop for free, and then bring him to the game to build up, you know, to build up the brand of Fulham. Anyway, this incident, he brings Michael Jackson, parades him around the pitch. He comes, he speaks to us in very high-pitched, squeedy voice. Oh, well, congratulations. Good luck, lads. Anyway, we win the game. We're in the change room after the match. We're sitting around. And Mohamed Al-Fayed, after every game, he'd always come in. So he, he, he bowls in through the door. And we're all stripped. You know, we're all stripping off. We're all naked. Lads, cover up your balls. Everyone cover up your balls. Look who I, I got Michael Jackson here. You know what he's like. <laughs> oh, my chairman, you, you can't say that. You can't say that. Ah, he's all right. He's all right. You know him. So he just constantly did things like that. But he was the most amazing chairman ever. He really was. You know, he would look after players, players' wives. You know, we had we had gold cards at Harrods. He couldn't do enough for us. You know, at Christmas time, he would um, at Harrods. They have um, they have a Father Christmas. They have a Father Christmas place, um, a grotto, the best ever. And people are queuing up for. T- Honestly, it's out of this world. You never seen like it. Yeah. But the queue is like two, three hours long. People are queuing up there for hours. Anyway, he, he said to, to, to my wife, Karen, at the time, we had two little, little young kids. And he said, I want you to come to the game, but you got to come to Father Christmas first. So Karen's like, yeah, sure enough, fair enough. And the kids were, you know, newborn and two years old. Anyway, she gets there. He's got eight foot bouncers. They scoop up both kids in both arms. He takes them up to Father Christmas, three hour queue. He goes right to the front and he puts the puts the the, 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 the red cord up and goes, We're closed. You can all go home now. And they're like, I've been queuing for three hours. You don't like it? Fuck off out of my store. <laughs> Get out. And they're like, and Karen's like, oh my, she's like cringing, you know, she's right at the front of the queue. And they just <laughs> shut her down. And and she brings it, they bring him over to Father Christmas. He grabs like three bags of toys and says, Oh, these are for your kids. And then Father Christmas starts with his ho ho ho. And he's like, that's not ho, ho, ho. Do more ho, ho, ho. And he's screaming at this poor Father Christmas because he wasn't doing ho, ho, ho loud enough. And it was just things like that. He, honestly, he was an amazing character. Absolutely amazing character. And, um, yeah, that's another story. I got one more story. It's probably, I don't know whether you could put this one out there. But we can. Can you? All right. Well, we, we were um, – we'd just been promoted to, I think – I can't remember whether it was the Premier League or the championship. Anyway, he throws a party at the top of Harrods. He invites all the staff, all the players, all the players' wives. And at the top of Harrods is like a restaurant, but he's he's redone it. So there's all these stalls of foods around the world. It was inc- like it was the most incredible buffet and, and restaurant, how he turned it, this, this place into a party. It was out of this world anyway. So we're there. Everyone's having a good old time. And um he comes up to me and I'd missed the last game in the season because I pulled McGroin. So Mohammed Afaya comes up to myself and Karen, and we're standing there, and he says, um, How's your groin? I said, Well, it's not very, you know, it's not very good, but I'll be ready for next season. No problem, Chen. No problem. Says, uh, so I guess you don't do fucky fucky. I'm like, and Karen's like looking at me. I'm like, Well, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know, Chairman. And he goes, 
that's no problem. And he says to Cameron, I have a present for you. I give you my sperm. And Cameron said, oh, um, well, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay, thanks. I'm all right. He goes, no, 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 no. We do, I'm not going to do fucky fucky with you. I have sperm in my freezer. I, I save it only for special people. And I give you, I'll give you one of mine. And I'm like, uh, no, we're, we're okay. Thanks, Jeremy. We're good, thanks. So Karen was like mortified. He's like, well, you got, we've got two kids. That's all right. He says, but you got to have um, your kids. They come and play with my kids. Next weekend, you come, come to my house and your kids play with my kids. He loved me. I got to say, I was one of his favorites. <laughs> and Karen's like, well, oh, okay. All right. But maybe we can do that. How old are your kid? How old are your kids? Goes, well, one's 18 and one's 17. I'm like, oh, well, soap's four and Paolo's two. I don't think that's going to go down too well. That's all right. They can play. But he was, he was honestly, the guy was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. But um, Yeah. The, the, the club's not been the same since he's left. That's for sure. And normal people think that billionaires are out of touch with reality. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no good. Yeah. Now, now the whole, the whole statue outside makes more sense. The guy was a bit of a nutter, right? I mean, why would he do that? And Oh, okay. No idea. Okay. No idea. But he did say that is the, it was a good luck charm. They should never take that down. They took it down and that's the season they got relegated. So there you go. Is it back up so now? Because they're playing pretty lap. well at the moment. <laughs> they're going to be back, yeah, yeah. back up now. I don't think so. Have you seen that statue? It's the worst Michael <laughs> Jackson statue you've ever seen. Well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's eccentric. He's eccentric. He's eccentric. But I got to say, he loved the club and he, it was the best employer I've ever had. He looked after all of us, knew the wives, knew he was fantastic. And, you know, those kind of days, you don't, you don't see them anymore. You, we see these, these owners that, um, you know, the, they own from afar. And they don't really, they're not there. They're not, you know, they're not in the stands. They don't even watch games. So that, does that affect the, does that affect it? Of course. Yeah. Wasn't one of your employers, Pesci, technically Karen? Wasn't she your employee? She was, yeah. She's got to be up there with one of your better ones. <laughs> nah, she was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She sold me twice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's for profit, though, she'll say for a profit. Don't forget that. <laughs> Were you happy about either one of those uh, particular moves? Uh, yeah, you know what? The reason the re- the first one when I left to go to uh, Birmingham got relegated that season, so they need to raise some funds, and I obviously didn't fancy going down a division, so I I moved on. I was happy to stay. I was happy to stay in the division as opposed to go down one. So that suited me. And you know, it's like as a player, that's where you make in our day. That's where you made money when you. Uh, when you moved clubs. Especially you were a trailblazer and had a had an unbelievable career and played for some big clubs over over in England. And it was you you kind of drew the attention from from the likes of myself and all the younger guys that were up and coming and, and wanted to make that jump over to the UK and play. Throughout your career and all the clubs that you've played for, which one stands out the most to you where you thought, you know, I really love this club? Jim, that's a that's a tough one, Jim. Probably similar to yourself. Wherever you had a bit of success. You tend to love those clubs more. And the reason you do because you is the reason when you have success, there's usually a strong bond amongst the players. Don't you find that? Yeah. You know, everybody says that. I know sometimes players are full of it, but whenever they, whenever a team's doing extremely well, it's a great bunch of lads. We all get on well. The atmosphere in the training ground is great. We can't wait to get in. Don't like to leave. And I would have to say Fulham, we had that. We had that in abundance. Again, success, promotions, Good group of lads, and I loved my time there. And again, I was quite fortunate that the supporters always took to me. I was always, you know, I was always a, a crowd favorite. 
Sheffield United. Again, we had a great bunch of lads. We had yeah. some, we had, you know, successful cup runs, you know, semifinals of uh, FA Cup, semifinals of the, uh, the, the, the League Cup, and then lost to, lost to Wolves in the playoff final, unfortunately. But that too, amazing time. And then even Derby County, again, got the promotion with Derby County. We had a really good group of players there. Yeah. And to this day, still speak to players from all those clubs. So those are probably the three. I spent the longest at. I think I spent three to four years in each one of those. Yeah. So they, they, they hold the dearest part of my, 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 my time. But I enjoyed it equally at West Brom, Stoke, and Birmingham. It was, you know, Birmingham special because my first club. Yeah. So I couldn't just say one. There's a little bit of everything in each one of them. Yeah. Now, the best game or one of the most exciting games has to be that game that we played in the playoffs. Yeah. Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United. Wasn't it crazy? You know what, Jim? That was that was voted as the be- one of the best game, best promote playoff game of all times. Yeah, and it got the most views because it was a Sky game. Got the most views that they'd ever had in a game. I don't know whether that's been surpassed since. Yeah, but what a game! Like you right. couldn't you couldn't ask for more. One of the best games I've played in. It was, and the how about the atmosphere of Bramall Lane? Oh, it was electric. I know it's not ideal for you guys. When I score that goal. And I watch it back now. I still get the, the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. So the Jimmy. place just so went. So does Jimmy, I think. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, we'll get... The place just went crazy. We went up 2-0, didn't we? 2-0. You were up 2-0. We were up 2-0. Marlon Herbert got a concussion, came off. That's it. And then it went 2-1, 2-2, 3-2. And then in the second half, Cabs, Cabas, Steve Cabas scored. Yeah. Then it was, uh, I can't remember, it was Brownie. I think Brownie yeah. scored. Michael Brown. That's right. We could do these shows dedicated just to these these matches. We could do shows just to matches, and maybe we, we can look into doing yeah. that because these were great drama. And those playoffs, man, in the championship were just incredible. The, the drama, yeah. The, yeah. the richest match in world sports is what they say, right? It's just incredible. Pesci, listen, we're out of time. Yeah. Um, no we'll worries. get you on again real soon. I know you're back in town for a little bit, so uh, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on very, very soon. And there's so many areas we can get to, including maybe Sean Dyche, you know, um, surprising us all and, you know, replacing Eric Ten Hag at United early next season. Why the hell not? <laughs> I tell you what, if he was given the opportunity, I believe that he would do a good job there. I generally believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a really interesting situation. And uh, I think most football fans feel a little bit sympathetic for Sean Dyche. That's for sure. Uh, Pesci, thank you so much, mate. Really enjoyed this. And we'll chat to you very soon. Pleasure, fellas. Great chat. That is Paul Peshka Salido, everyone. Uh, yeah, that was a great chat. And, you know, I love it when our guests ask, I'm not sure whether you can air this story. Of course we can. It's footy prime. We can air whatever the hell we like at the moment anyway. All right, guys, we'll be back later this week. Hope you enjoyed that. Cheers for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.